Welcome to the Unfucked Podcast with Coach Kelly, where we talk about all things healing and transformation. But warning, be prepared to be triggered. Topics include relationships, spirituality, health and wellness, self-esteem, forgiveness, energy, abuse, and more. So grab your cup, sit back, and relax. It's time to get unfucked. Here's your host, Coach Kelly. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, hello. I am Coach Kelly. How's everybody doing this great evening? Tonight's going to be a uh, topic that's going to touch a little bit back into our deep history, right? Um, I finished up uh, episode two, and I kind of ended with talking about uh, post-traumatic slave disorder on this particular podcast, on this particular uh, episode. But I want to share with you guys, again, thank you so much for following me. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to episodes one and two, and I appreciate you guys being here to listen to this one on the replay, okay? So again, my first two episodes are basically uh, sharing uh, information on me, giving you a candid look into my own personal life and why I am very adamant about uh, us healing and uh, sharing information with you guys on what it looks like to have... Uh, some very traumatic experiences and how you overcome those things and how you ultimately create a life from um, uh, a a life full of pain. I mean, how you create a wonderful life, a successful life from so much trauma, right? Um, So episodes one and two, again, delved into my life. Uh, Episode two talked about my relationships and how I wind up in such toxic relationships and how we have to tie those toxic relationships that we experience in adulthood, how they have to be tied to our childhood because our childhood experiences are are the the beginning of our relationships, right? Because if you if you just look at the world in itself, we are just in relationships. We are in relationships, whether it is a work relationships with your boss, your sibling, your mother, your friend, Whomever, it doesn't matter. We are living in relationships and uh, how we, how our relationships started in the beginning, in childhood, that's what we're going to mimic or recreate if we don't get healing. So again, the first episode was basically about my experiences with uh, incest and rape and sexual abuse and how those dysfunctional relationships, now they are relationships, although some illegal or most illegal <clears throat> They are relationships, right? And so those same relationships, I recreated the same types of dysfunction and toxicity in my adult relationships, okay? So again, this is just to uh, introduce myself to some and reintroduce myself to others. And again, to give you a look into my life, you know, so that you understand why I do the work that I do today, how I've become a seven-time award-winning author, um, and how I have traveled to numerous states and spoken on many stages and uh, recently uh, completing my master's in social work and moving on to uh, develop my profession. Okay, so again, uh, last week uh, I ended on um, talking about post-traumatic slave disorder. But let me back up and say this really quick. So initially I was going to do my episodes or my podcast on Tuesdays, 
But the day has now been changed to Friday. So every Friday, my podcast will be uh, uploaded instead of every Tuesday, okay? And it will be uploaded on Spotify. So if you do not have a Spotify account, make sure you create one so that you can have access to all of the golden gems and the golden nuggets that I will be dropping in your ear, okay? So moving forward. Now, post-traumatic slave disorder is a little bit different from post-traumatic stress disorder. Obviously, post-traumatic stress disorder is your response to a traumatic experience, and it can include like nightmares and, you know, anxiety and certain fears. And, you know, maybe if you uh, are put back into the environment where uh, the trauma experience, you'll be triggered. So it comes with a list of signs and symptoms, right, that you may uh, experience. And so post-traumatic slave disorder is a little bit different in that it's behaviors. These are behaviors that our ancestors who were slaves uh, created, right, for the protection of us or for the protection of their offsprings. And let me just reiterate this real quick. Understand that us brown people, we are the descendants of royalty, right? Understand that. And that's who we are and that's who we will always be even though a part of our our ancestor experience is that of slavery okay so for example uh and the reason why I'm talking about post traumatic um slave disorder is because look at your relationships look at look at look at how your I want you to look at your childhood right how you were raised under your parents right your relationships with your siblings you know your relationships with boyfriends and girlfriends and jobs and relationships, right? Because this plays a huge part. So again, for example, if you look at how um, you may hear uh, some of some, a, a parent, let's just say you hear a parent calling their child stupid or, you know, or, or Johnny's stupid or he's just a dummy or he's a dumbass. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that. Okay. Well, sometimes, and in the presence of white America, let's say for a teacher, you know, you may you may get called up to your school and you, you may have done this before. I don't know. Or you may know someone that has done this before, but it has been done. You may have your parent have to go up to the school. Right. And the teacher is white. And in the past, uh, if 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 a slave owner wanted to take a child into slavery and obviously, you know, we had to be tested like we were specimens. We stand near and they look at our bodies and they looking for a certain perfection and a certain you know, statue uh, that they want to use us as slaves, right? And so if your parent wanted to protect you, they may say something like, oh, he's weak, he's stupid, he's dumb, you don't want, you don't want him, he don't know nothing, right? That was a way to protect the child from being inducted into slavery or drug into slavery, right? Now, if you look at today, a lot of parents are still calling their children stupid and dumb. See, this dates all the way back to slavery. I'll give you another example. If you look at how we as uh, brown Americans, black Americans, how we, some of the videos that you see, you know, you see the women have dressed, and this is no judgment, no judgment, because at the end of the day, I used to be a stripper, right? My stripper name was Miss Sexable, and I made a hell of a lot of money. No sex, no oral sex, no penetration. If you called me a bitch, my show was cut. Those were my rules. So no disrespect. And not to mention, I talk about, I talk about my um, 
my uh my whole stripper life as Miss Sexable. And my book, Perfectly Planned, Overcoming Incest, Rape, and Sexual Abuse. So if you want to know about that story, get the book, walmart.com, amazon.com, and my website. All right? And I'll give that to you in a few minutes. But nevertheless, if you look at uh, the videos, women are, you know, practically nude, you know, a buttocks are hanging out, shaking it, gyrating, you know, twerking and doing all these things, right? Well, that started in slavery because we were used as entertainment for them, right? We were used as entertainment or, or, or our ancestors were used as entertainment for slave masters. And we had to stand up on these these little stages or whatever, and we had to move a certain way, and we had to basically gyrate our bodies for their entertainment, right? Now, we know that there was a lot of beautiful and wonderful dancing in Africa, right? Because our culture is of dance, but it wasn't that type of dance. So now if you look at today, look at what you see. You see a lot of young girls, and I was guilty of it, no judgment, Right and hell, you any, give me the perfect moment. I might twerk. Right, get over yourself. Right, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm just trying to get you guys to see that, you know, a lot of who we are come from slavery, and there's a lot of healing that needs to occur. Right, there's a lot of consciousness that needs to occur. There's a lot of awakening that needs to occur. Right, there's a lot of connection, connecting the dots that needs to occur so that we can get back to who we really are, the descendants of royalty. Okay, and I just want to remind you again that you will hear some hear some background noise because I do not have a soundproof room. Okay, so focus on the content. That's what I need you to focus on the content. So, in getting back to who we really are, we have to be able to make connections, and not just necessarily connections in how you were raised, you know, in your family, but what happened prior to that, because all of that matters, right? All of it matters. And it all matters in how we behave in relationships. And so you, you, we have to be able to make the connection. So I'll give you another example and just how it shows up today, how uh, we as black and brown Americans, how we were so deeply affected uh, from uh, slavery and just how you know our, our ancestors passed a lot down to us, okay? So let's take, for example, um, two people, two brown people are working together in an office together, and they have issues with each other. They have animosity towards each other, right? Now, instead of them silencing their egos, um, they would more than likely sabotage uh, their work, sabotage their finances, and overall sabotage their life because they're not in a space where they can uh, move through emotionally and work with a person and understand that you can have an issue with somebody, but you don't have to walk away and sabotage your whole life. So I say that to say there's a lot of self-sabotage in the Brown community because we've been bred and, and, and created and wired to sabotage ourselves because that was a way of protection. That was a way of keeping us safe for today that sabotage is destroying us. And so, again, I am sharing this. I'm not going to go too deep into post-traumatic slave disorder, but I'm sharing what I'm sharing so that you can understand that it is a lot deeper than just your childhood, right? It goes deep into your parents' childhood, their grandparents' childhood, your great-great-grandparents' childhood, right? 
and how all of those behaviors and those traumas, how all of that is just passed right on down to us. We have so much healing to do. And not just black and brown people. I just wanted to share that experience as it relates to post-traumatic slave disorder, right? I just wanted to share that so that we understand that our healing is a lot deeper than childhood. Because at the end of the day, if you look at any nationality or any race of persons or race of people, we all have deep-rooted trauma that has been passed down to us, okay? So now moving forward, I'm going to dive in a little bit more on my relationships, right? I think the last one I talked about was my son's father. I talked about my son's father. I talked about the guy that was physically abusive. And then I also talked about the guy that I dated who was married, right? So in looking at just how toxic those relationships were, right? All of that came from childhood. So at some point, we got to be able to go back and look at just how our relationships, you know, fucked us, right? Now, um, don't get it twisted because pain is always power. Pain will always be power, right? And so therefore, we can have our experiences, but what you don't get to do is sit in it and be in a sunk, sunken place where you can't move forward and open yourself up for love and open yourself up for more abundance, right? So we got to be willing to take these experiences and find the power. We have to be able to look at these experiences, not like they were bad, but just as an, as an experience, right? And, and even looking at post-traumatic slave disorder, I just want to throw this in there. It's a lot of victimization, a lot of victimization. And that's another behavior ideology that was carried and passed down into many, many cultures, right? Everybody's playing victim, right? No one wants to be accountable. And so for me, the only way for me to be able to heal and continue to heal and continue to move forward is to look at my role. Is to look at my role in every relationship that I have been in. Now, we're not going to talk about the childhood relationships because, you know, uh, I don't think I uh, consciously or willingly uh, played a part in some of those relationships, right? However, once I passed a certain age, and preferably 25, because at 25, the frontal lobe is fully developed, right? So, and that's where your decision making, you know, becomes a little bit more mature, right? You're not engaging in a lot of risky behaviors because your frontal lobe is uh, developed, right? That's when you can really understand your emotions if you've been taught to, because there are so many people out here who are so emotionally fragile, like to the point of somebody staring at you. You know, and that's another part of post-traumatic slave disorder. Somebody staring at you, you want to fight them. What you looking at me for? You know, why are we so emotionally fragile? A part of that is because we're not taught to feel, right? And that's another part of being accountable. We got to be accountable for our emotions. It doesn't matter if you weren't taught to feel. You know, maybe you were told, shut up, sit down. That didn't hurt. Quit acting like a bitch. You know, quit acting like a girl especially for boys, right? But there are women out here who are very emotionally walled off. And so therefore, we're not being accountable for our own emotions. And so we're pointing the finger. So when I say accountable, 
you cannot keep saying he or she made me feel, he or she made me think, right? Now, when it comes to doing, sure, if somebody has a gun to your head, yeah, they're making you do something, right? But in the absence of the threat, right, in the absence of that threat, no one is really making you feel anything. So we have to be accountable for those relationships, and we have to understand the role that we played in those relationships. Because as I mentioned before, no one is showing up in our lives by chance. No one. People are showing up and meeting you exactly where you are emotionally and mentally, right? Metaphysically speaking, people are showing up and meeting you exactly where you are. And if you're stuck in your egotistical state, then that's just going to be a meeting of the egos, a meeting of the egos where everybody's living in fear. Okay. So now for me, you know, I had to look at in the adult relationships, I had to look at, you know, um, again, why I felt so uh, worthless. You know, where did that come from? You know, why did, why was I so okay with being second? Where did that come from? Right. And even moving towards in my marriage, right? I'm not with my husband anymore. We're just cool. But even in that space, even in that space, you know, I had to look at why I was so willing to just give myself, right, to every man, not just my husband. I, no man has really worked hard for me. That's not something that I was taught, you know. And um, let me just say this, that whole ideology of, Oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I can just fuck who I want to fuck. It's my body. I do what I want to do. You certainly can. You absolutely can because it is your body and you have the right to determine, right? However, where did that come from? Where did that behavior come from that you don't see your body as a temple and that you're going to just allow men or women to deposit their energy inside of you, right? Because sperm and vaginal fluids and entering a woman's womb it comes with a lot of energy transfer, right? So, so where are we coming with the idea that, you know, we can just fuck who we want to fuck? You have to look at what is in your head. What are you thinking? What are you feeling about yourself? And that was something that I had to constantly look at myself, even in my marriage. And in fact, in my marriage, I, I, I got to a point where I had to just take a break in the marriage. I had to pull back take a break, and basically remove myself from the marriage so that I can identify, you know, why uh, this man didn't work for me, why this man didn't do anything to keep me, right? Because he didn't value me, but I didn't value myself. So how can I be mad at him, right? How can I be mad at somebody for feeling the exact same way that I did, right? So these are the things you want to be accountable for and these are the things that you want to look at as you move forward in adult relationships, right? So, so when you do that, when you do that, you start to drop off those behaviors that no longer serve your purpose, right? They're going to always be there. At any given time, you can unleash the dragon on someone. But now you understand that they don't serve you, right? They don't serve you a higher purpose. So there's no reason to act in that behavior, or there's no reason to become that behavior. So for example, let's say you're in a relationship, right? Let's say you come from, let's say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak to the guys. Let's say you're in a relationship and you come from a family where you saw 
your father um, cheat on uh, your mother, right? And mama stayed. Mama knew it. Mama stayed. You heard mom and daddy arguing. And this is just what it was. Well, that behavior basically taught the little boy that it's okay to defy, to lie, deceive, betray, and cheat. He's going to look at all of that like it's the thing to do. And however, if you're a woman and you sit in that, you cannot speak ill about him. You have to look at why you're allowing it because that's really all that matters. He has his own work to do, right? He has his own work to do, and you have to look at why you're allowing that. And these are, this is the work that I've had to do in my marriage, right? I've had to look at why was this man not taking me out, right? And see, he had his own set of issues. And a lot of it, I would say, not necessarily had anything to do with me per se, right? Because he had his own stuff, but his stuff mimicked mine. His stuff mimicked mine, right? You know, so we have to move away from, we have to move away from blaming. We have to move away from uh, vilifying. We have to move away from the victim mindset, right? All of our experiences are really for our higher good. I mean, I, I would not have seven published books, right? I wouldn't have seven published books, right? I wouldn't be a professional speaker, right? I probably wouldn't have completed my master's degree because I probably wouldn't have had enough confidence to do so had I not had the path that I had, right? We are all in millions and millions of little pieces fragmented and we're trying to build our, put ourselves back together, right? We're trying to put ourselves back together. And so, you know, your childhood is how you're, gonna, how you're wired. Your childhood is how you're wired and most of us grew up in trauma. Trauma is something as simply as constantly yelling at your child or even ignoring your child when your child is crying. That's trauma to a, to a child's little brain, right? All of this stuff matters in how you uh, react and how you respond in relationships. All of it matters. So you got to be willing to look at those things. Your childhood matters, your relationship with your mother, if you had a relationship with your father, if he was present, what, what, how was he present? Was he present with gifts? Was he present with, you know, emotional connection? Was he present supporting you? How was he present? Because you're going to mimic that. So at some point, you want to stop and look at yourself in your relationship. And I'm going to tell you something. When I stopped and looked at myself in my marriage, honey, it was not a pleasant sight. Yes, I was out here doing all this amazing work. You know, I was doing Silence No More seminars for people and, you know, hosting them for people to come in and share their stories of childhood abuse. And, you know, I was, I was providing food and providing entertainment and I was traveling and I was speaking and I was coaching. I was doing all these wonderful things in the presence of me understanding that I still had shit, right? Right? Understand that you can be great in the middle of your dysfunction. Understand that. Because there is no way you grew up in this country and you ain't got some shit that fucked you up. There's no way. We all have it. Right? But what matters is, are you doing the work? Right? What matters is, you know, are you looking at the people that showed up in your life and what they brought to your life? Right? These are all teachers. 
and they're teaching us about us. And I learned so much about myself from every man that I've dated, had a child by, or married, right? I learned a lot about Kelly. I learned that Kelly didn't value herself. I learned that Kelly felt worthless. I learned that Kelly hadn't healed from when, when my brother was beating the hell out of everybody when he was under the influence of alcohol. I learned that trauma is at the root of addiction, right? I learned so much about me. I learned that I abused alcohol. I learned that I was escaping my own pain. I learned that I didn't want to look at myself. But I also learned just how amazing I am. I also learned just how amazingly beautiful, abundantly blessed, you know, and prosperous I am. I really am. At the, at the core of who we are is pure love. And that's what we all want to get back to. But a lot of us are living in fear because we haven't released the traumas. We haven't gone back into childhood. Some of us are very afraid. I know society told you that, you know, you'll never heal from trauma. Society told you that you're going to always have this stuff. That's not true. That's not true. We are human beings and we are very, very powerful. We are very, very powerful. You, your mind has the ability to create whatever you desire, but you have to believe in yourself. But if you come from those traumatic, dysfunctional, abusive, neglectful childhoods, it's going to stagnate you. But that stagnation does not mean that you can't make it to the point of light, right? Because I believe every shit storm is the perfect storm. I believe every shit storm is the absolute perfect storm. But you got to be open. You got to be open to see it. You got to be open to feel it, right? We have to be open to look at ourselves, self-reflection and metacognition, looking at yourself, looking at your emotions. What are you thinking? Why are you thinking it, right? What are you feeling? Why are you feeling it, right? Where is it coming from? What's the origin of that emotion? What's the origin of that thought? Did somebody give you that thought, right? And then you created an emotion behind it, right? So the work that I have done and the work that I continue to do on myself is to always be willing to look at what I could have done differently. It ain't about nobody else. Sure, I may share stories, you know, and I may share stories of my exes and I may share stories in my books, you know, but I share these stories to make connections with you. I share these stories to make connections with you so that you understand, number one, you're not alone, right? Number two, there is hope right? Number three, you are a survivor. And number four, it's time for you to thrive. It's time for you to thrive. It's time for you to really, really take a look at your thoughts and see if there's any truth in it. Because I'm going to tell you something. All thoughts are not facts. And in fact, if you're thinking it about somebody else, more than likely it's not a fact. And if you're thinking it about yourself and it's negative, it's not a fact. But these are things that I had to look at. I had to look at my thoughts about myself. I, I would have headaches so much, right? I would have so many headaches like migraines because I had such negative uh, thoughts about myself. I was always criticizing myself, right? And those headaches represented the thoughts that I had about myself. Because remember, your body is going to keep score. My body kept score. I suffered from so much dis-ease, right? I dealt with so much dis-ease the migraines, right? Losing my peripheral vision, right? Irritable bowel syndrome, right? You know, hypothyroidism, early stage heart disease, high cholesterol, alopecia, all of that 
was my body keeping score of all of the emotional uh, uh, traumas and, and toxins and mental anguish that I was dealing with that I didn't want to look at or that I didn't want to release. And my body was holding on to all of it. My body was holding on to all of it, right? And so even after I may have released the emotional uh, uh, toxins or maybe I, I've had the opportunity to look at my toxic thoughts, the body had already kept score. And so, sure, I may have forgiven those people who caused me harm. I may have self-reflected and became accountable and got my lesson, but my body was already keeping score. So the dis-ease had to manifest itself. It had to release itself, right? And so in the midst of all of the emotional toxins and mental anguish that I experienced, I created a lot of dis-ease in my body. And I know this might piss some people off because we like to think we caught disease. You ain't catching nothing but a softball. Disease is cre created in two places, the laboratory or your gut, the gut being the large intestine, right? Those are the only places disease is created. There's no such thing as catching disease. I mean, think about that. That doesn't even make sense. You catch, you catch balls, right? You catch sauce, what do you call them, frisbees, but we don't catch disease. Disease is created in your gut or in your lab because there is only mind-body disorders. We have to stop separating our mind from our body. They are indivisible. You cannot separate them. So once I got clear, once I got clear on just how my emotions were fucking me up, right? How I was fucking myself up, right? With my own fucked up thoughts. And I realized how it, how, how all of that energy channeled itself and manifested itself within my body. I had no choice but to get real about hearing because you can't heal a physical body without healing the mental body. They come together. You're not healing a physical body unless you heal the mental disease. You know, understand that. And, that, and, and, and I can almost say that's common sense. You're not, you can't separate the mind from the body. Uh, hello, your head is connected to your body. Stop disconnecting the two. Understand they come together, right? Your mental thoughts, your mental anguish, all of those toxic thoughts and that pain and that, and that emotional drama and trauma that you're refusing to talk about, your body is keeping up with all of it. And it's going to manifest as diseased, a state where your body is no longer at ease. And that was me. I think I've probably had 23 or 24 different diseases. And you can find that story in my book, Detox or Diet, Closing the Gap Between Disease and Death. I spent 26 years in healthcare, 15 as a laboratory scientist. So I was that person who uh, studied and analyzed everything that came out of your body, right? I studied and analyzed everything that came out of your body, whether it was under a microscope, right? Whether it was an, in, a, in a glass tube or a test tube or whether it was on some instrumentation. That was my role, you know? And so a lot of what I share um, comes from direct experience, but also theory because, you know, you need the science and the theory to be able to look at what's really happening inside of your body. And science is proven, honey. Science is proven. You know, um, a lot of what I experienced physically was a direct representation of how I felt about myself. For example, hypothyroidism. 
It is directly connected to the throat chakra. And the throat chakra represents your ability to be authentic, to speak freely, and speak truthfully, right? And when we stifle ourselves, when we are afraid to speak, when we people please, right? What's happening is the throat chakra is not allowed to open and uh, uh, present itself as your truth. And your thyroid, your thyroid is governed by the throat chakra. And so what happens, my throat, my hypothyroid, my thyroid is there, right? Is there. The energy became stagnant and my thyroid failed, right? Now, don't get me wrong. It had a lot to do with food. But here's the thing. Let's make the connection. I have always been an emotional eater, right? You, you get me any given time today, I can have a moment and you better believe I'm going to grab some potato chips. That's, that's my thing. You know, that's my thing. And so that emotional eating, right? Eating something that's emotional eating. You ain't going to grab some fruits and vegetables. You grabbing probably something that tastes good, but is not good for you, right? We, it's, it's, the, it's the comfort food. Fruits and vegetables are not comfort food. To me, they are today, but for the most part, I'd rather have some uh, potato chips or some French fries. That's my comfort food. But nevertheless, you know, those foods also played a part in the failure of my thyroid, right? But it all led from my thoughts. If I got stinking thinking, leading to toxic feelings, it's going to lead to a behavior. And that behavior was me eating shit that I had no business eating over a period of time. And not, and not expressing myself. I literally was in my marriage not being honest with myself. You know, I knew six months into the marriage that I should have annulled it. I knew that because um, my husband, uh, he coped with his own, his own stuff, right? He had his own shit. But it reminded me of, of, of my family. And I knew I shouldn't have been in it. But at the end of the day... I mean, it was like, oh, well, I didn't give a shit about myself, so why not? Let's just do it. And it played out for seven years and um, ended, you know, ended after seven years. And I got my lessons, and I'm still learning. And you should be still learning. And you should be still growing. Because when you stop growing, what are you doing? If you're not growing, you're not living, right? If you're not growing, you're not living. So at the end of the day, the whole goal of, this particular episode is to get you to connect the dots. Our pain and trauma runs deeper than our childhood. That's the first thing, right? The second part of it is tying our relationships into not just our childhoods, but our ancestors' relationships, right? Tying them into that. And then also how we think and feel. Are we being accountable for those emotions, right? For those thoughts. Are we pointing a finger? You're the reason I feel this way. You're the reason I behave that way. You're the reason I thought that way. You know, are we, are we looking at how we are creating disease in our body with our own emotions and our own thoughts? Or are we just going to continue to blame our ancestors? Sure, our ancestors passed down a bunch of fucked up shit. But I'm going to tell you what they didn't pass down. They didn't pass down physical disease. They passed down unhealthy uh, eating habits, they pass down emotional unintelligence, right? They pass down traumas, right? They pass down toxic behaviors, right? And all of these things we have to start looking at 
that we became wired just like that. Until now, in relationships, hell, some of us today don't even want to date. We're giving up, right? Some of us, we just go have sex, but we won't love the person. We'll lay with the person, but we won't listen to the person, right? Some of us, you know, we, we let men go shop and buy, buy us stuff, but you won't even cook them a damn meal, you know? Because we're shifting, and we're not shifting in a great place. Now, I'm not saying that as, as women, you know, we do need to be taking care of ourselves today because we've been trained not to do that. But let me tell you this. Men need to be taking care of them, themselves, too, because they've been trained to take care of you. They've been trained to work 80 hours, post-traumatic slave disorder, because that's what the man did. He worked 60 hours, 80 hours, right, until the muscles in his arms would tear because this goes back to post-traumatic slave disorder, and you're doing it today. There's so much healing that needs to occur, but it's going to take us to help each other, right? Everybody, everybody's on a journey. Everybody needs help. And I'll tell you, I've always had somebody that I could talk to since, since I was about, um, I would say Annalise, no, Angie was the first person. Angela Cowan was the first person that I was able to talk to and feel safe with. And then Annalisa, um, and then if my pastor, Pastor Lidbetter, and then a few other people. But today, I am intentional about having somebody that I can talk to and feel safe with just in case I have a moment. Doesn't matter if I'm a therapist, doesn't matter if I'm a life coach, doesn't matter if I've written seven books. Everybody got shit. Everybody got shit. This is lifelong work. Lifelong work that we all need to be doing. Right, This is a lifelong process, a lifelong journey that we need to be looking at ourselves. You're welcome to look at who comes into your life. You're welcome to criticize them. You're welcome to vilify them. You're welcome to vilify your experience. But I tell you what's not going to happen. You will not grow. You will not blossom. You will not become your best self. You will stagnate yourself because until you are willing to look at you, your thoughts, emotions, and your behaviors, you are doing yourself a disservice. You are doing yourself a disservice. So with all that being said, I do want to share with you uh, my website, www.kellyporter.com. That's K-E-L-L-E-Y-P-O-R-T-E-R.com. You can find all of my books, Perfectly Planned, relates to episode one, uh, Overcoming Incest, Rape, and Sexual Abuse. Uh, Overcoming Toxic Relationships uh, relates to episode two, where I delved into my toxic relationships. And this episode is really talking, kind of combining all of them together and bringing, you know, full circle, like, you know, our childhood experiences and what happened before that, what happened with our parents and what happened with our grandparents and our ancestors and how those things were passed down to us all the way down to what we eat today. Slave slop. We're still eating slop today and we call it food, right? Post-traumatic slave disorder. All of this plays a part in where we are today, right? And then not only that, you know, our thoughts and emotions, you know, how we're blaming people, how we're, we're blaming people for what we think and we're blaming people for what we feel and we're not taught to self-reflect. We're, we're taught to look external and, 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 and not only just look external and blame, but to also uh, uh, put put a higher priority on those things that are external of us, right? And trusting those things that are external of us, right? 
and, and just leading up to what we're putting in our mouths, right? It's not just what we're putting in our minds that is creating or manifesting dis-ease, what you're putting on in your mouth too. And we all know that. See, we think it all starts with food. We think it's just food. We think it's biological. We think our ancestors passed us a disease down. But no, no, that's a part of the post-traumatic slave disorder, right? There's no order in that, none. I mean, how is it? I mean, think about it. Like way back when, disease didn't even exist. So a lot of the stuff, you got to be able to have some common sense and have independent thought and think about it. You know, stop watching the news, turn the TV off. You know what I mean? So this episode kind of brings it all together, full circle, right? Your childhood, your relationships, your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors, and your behaviors being what you're eating, how you're behaving towards people, right? And then creating or or the physical manifestation showing up as physical disease because your body's going to keep your body's going to keep score. Your body is going to keep score of everything you're thinking and feeling. So you're not getting away from it. So I would really encourage you guys to, if you don't have a therapist, right? If you don't have a coach or a counselor or someone, get someone to talk, talk to. Get someone and create that safe space so that you can start healing, right? Get someone that's going to be there for you. Get someone to help you on your journey, right? There's so much information out here. And people like me, life coach, therapist, we spend all this money to get these degrees and get this education and get this information, right? And you guys come into our office and you pay $35 or you pay $225 and you get information that we paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for, right? And so I want you to shift your mindset from thinking therapy or coaching is for people who got problems. No, it's for people who want to heal and people who want to grow and people who want to be better. Think of it like this. Think of it like this. You got that person that you talk to. You can trust them. They don't judge you. You can tell them whatever you want to tell them. You can cry. You can scream. You can cuss. You can get silent. And that person is going to have your back. That person is going to give you the best information, right? That person is going to be centered on you. Who the hell wouldn't want a person like that? Who wouldn't want a person? That's gonna be there for them. We gotta get rid of the, get rid of the stigmas surrounding therapy and surrounding coaching, because that's what's keeping us from creating our best selves. That's what's keeping us from healing from mental health disorder, right, and physical disorder because they go hand in hand. Stop separating them, okay? We all need someone. Yes, we have the greatest gift inside of us, right? We have the God within. We have our soul. But there is absolutely nothing wrong with hiring someone to help you along your journey. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So let's remove the stigmas surrounding mental health disorder. Let's remove the stigmas and let's understand. Let's, let's now today view it, view it as that person that you can go talk to and share whatever you want to share. And at the end of that session, that person is going to still have your back. That person is going to guide you to success. That person is going to guide you to healing. That person is going to guide you to understanding. That person is going to guide you to clarity. That person is going to guide you to accountability. That person is going to guide you to reach whatever goal you're trying to reach. 
Let's start looking at therapists and coaches and counselors in that fashion so that we can all heal and become our best selves. So next week, next Friday, just remember, I am going to uh, release the uh, podcast on Fridays now. Tuesdays will no longer be the day. Fridays, I will start to release the podcast. So just remember that. And on next week, I'm going to dive a bit more into uh, the physical body. I'm going to dive a bit more into physical dis-ease. I, want, I really want you guys to connect mind-body disorders. You know, and I hope you've got, you guys have been able to uh, connect uh, your childhood relationships with your adult relationships, right? Because at this point, you should have made the connection. You should understand that it's either you grew up in a toxic-ass environment that fucked you, right? And now you're trying to unfuck yourself, right? And so now, or you're still fucking yourself because you're creating these uh, toxic relationships that mimic your childhood relationships, right? Connect the dots, connect the dots, and start dropping things off. And now you want to look at, I want you guys to look at how physical disease starts in the gut, right? And it's created in the mind, right? I'm sorry, starts in the mind and created in the gut, okay? It's all about what we think, all about what we feel. And I, I, I can say this to you. I'm sure all of you understand this. At some point you have said, something told me, oh, I, feel, I felt that, I felt that, I felt that in my gut. You absolutely did feel it in your gut because your emotions are directly tied into your, your large intestine. If you, ever took a, if you ever look at your large, large intestine and you look at your brain, they look the same. There's a reason because your gut is your second brain. So again, on next week, we're going to talk about physical dis-ease and how we are creating it. You only catch balls and frisbees. You're not catching disease. All right. I'm Coach Kelly. I will talk to you guys on next Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Love and light. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Unfucked Podcast with Coach Kelly, where we talk about all things healing and transformation. Tune in for more Unfucked Conversations, and don't forget to follow on all social media platforms at Coach Kelly P. Visit the website at kellyporter.com. That's K-E-L-L-E-Y porter.com for transformation coaching, self-help books, and other amazing products.